You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? I welcome pain today. As uncomfortable as it is, I truly understand that if I really look and sit with this pain, that there's going to be growth on the other side of that. So I show up. I show up for my pain. I show up for my joys. I just show up. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tapping into some Untapped Keg, the podcast where we explore different aspects of sobriety and mental health so that we can hopefully give you some tools you can take away and use in your own life. Whether you choose the path of sobriety or not, there are tools that you will hear about here from guests, professional advice, or just personal lived experience that you can take and put into your own life. Nobody's life is one-to-one. You have to take things and try it and adapt it and find out how it works for you. Because if you try to take somebody else's life and lay it on yourself, you're going to see it doesn't fit. So I am one of your hosts, RJ Zimmerman. And one thing I want to say is sobriety is scary, right? Sobriety is scary. When you think about sobriety... It makes you raise your eyebrows. You get worried. You get scared. What's next? Is my life going to be over? And the answer is no. No. And along with that, so Big Kev from Laugh for a Purpose, he reached out to me a few months ago and he said, hey, I have somebody who would be perfect for your show and I want you to meet them. So he set up a three-way Zoom. And at first I was like, okay, this is going to be super casual We're going to talk for a few minutes and he's either going to say, yeah, sure, I'll come on or yeah, sure, he won't. Little did I know that he was going to become a really good friend, like one of my biggest cheerleaders immediately. As soon as we started talking for five minutes, I changed my setting. So I was sitting on a couch in the living room, somewhat dark, and I came into the office and I was like, okay, like we're having a casual conversation, but we're also being vulnerable and serious in a way that I had not been with just honestly people before. And, um, you know, then you come to find out a little bit, you know, he's, he's an accomplished comedian. Uh, he's been Dayton's funniest comedian two years in a row. Uh, he has this incredible hair that is now, uh, shaved off because of the heat, but, Um, He's somebody who I can talk to about what's going on and he doesn't just like glance over it. He's like, okay, I hear you. I understand it. Here's kind of my perspective on maybe not what you're going through, but um, what I've done to help that. And he's really helped me grow uh, from a person, personal perspective, like, I really do enjoy calling him my friend. And he also happens to be a co-host of Related for Life, a podcast on Facebook. I will have that link down in the show notes. Um, Please go check it out. Check out the Facebook group. It's just a bunch of people who are supportive and on the journey. 
but I am honored that the very first guest of the rebranded Untapped Keg is Scotty Mays. How are you doing, Scotty? Oh, I'm uh, better than I deserve, which, you know, <laughs> funny thing about that, when, when you hear people say that, we do deserve that. We deserve, and not to sound entitled, but we deserve so much more, <laughs> you know, and so I kind of regret saying that, but I'm glad I did because uh, then I'm like, well, let's break that down a little bit. And that's probably what I do too much is just uh, always peel the layers back. Just something <laughs> like, I do, but there's always something more there. But I'm great, man. And I'm truly honored to uh, to be uh, to be on this show for the, the, the rebranding, uh, kicking this off. The logo is beautiful. Thank I you. cannot wait to get a t-shirt with that. It's uh it's awesome. It's beautiful. They are available now at the link below. So if you would like a t-shirt with the new logos on it, sweatshirts, leggings, um, coffee cup, uh, there's a lot of different items we have with the new logo. So Scotty, let's get into it. Okay. Give us an overview of who Scotty Mays is. So Scotty Mays is somebody who is just now discovering who he really is. So um, I've been sober since January 13th of 2016, you know, so I just celebrated six and a half years of of sobriety. And uh, if I could utter the words of the Grateful Dead, what a long, strange trip it's been. (laughs) It's it's been interesting. You know, they always say like uh, after you hit your fifth year of sobriety, your head pops out of your ass. Well, I hit my fifth year and I was still crowning. So that is uh, <laughs> a work in progress for me. But, you know, I have to say that Scotty Mays is somebody who just within this past year and a half has truly discovered who he is and, you know, what his purpose is. And it's it goes so much deeper than the alcohol than the drugs. Um, that journey for self-love, like you hear people say you have to love yourself. Um, but I don't think a lot of us understand the depths of what that love looks like because it has to be unconditional love for ourselves, um, because we truly can't love anybody else until we learn how to love ourselves. And I know that sounds cliche and I get it forever's hearing this, like, Oh, I hear that all the time. Yeah. But if you really do the work, Holy crap, the discoveries that you have, it's, uh, it's beautiful. So I'm uh Scotty Mays is a, a guy who is occupying this space right now as I'm traveling through this world and I'm just trying to feed my soul as much as possible. So that's why, like, and we talked about it pre-show, right? Why I really wanted you on this rebrand branded episode, because it's not just about giving up the vice, right? It's not just about being sober. It's not just about moving past alcohol, moving past drugs, moving past, pornography you know what you're using to escape reality like it's about looking into why like what's the why behind using those to either numb your feelings to escape what's going on to put things on the back burner like why is it that we feel we need this in order to raise ourselves up when really it's just putting up walls and when we feel like we have to raise ourselves up, we have to get ourselves past that wall that we're putting up 
around ourselves. It's something that, you know, the journey you're on and that you're talking about, it's something that I just discovered a few months ago, and I've been very vocal about it. But um, to see where you are through the journey, like it's, yes, you do have to love yourself if you're going to love somebody else. Yes, like it has to be unconditional love. You hear that and you don't understand it until you start to look at yourself. What what was it that all of a sudden you looked at yourself and you're like, I need to give myself unconditional love. And that's not just that philosophical crap that I hear. What was it that made you actually start to look into that? Um, well, honestly, it was trauma. There was a traumatic event that took place uh, right when COVID hit. And that was where the, the seed was planted. You know, I was... Um, I was supposed to get married back in, in 2020 and the relationship fell apart and I was just, I was devastated. And I can remember like being in such a um, low mental state that I thought I was having a stroke because my, my face went numb, my head was all tingly. So I, I went to the hospital and basically they said, um, you're having a nervous breakdown. And I found that pretty interesting um, because I've never had that before. I mean, I've had moments where I just was like rock bottom, but this felt completely different. So it was at that point in 2020 where I was like, okay, um, I need to take a look at what my part was in this broken relationship. The only thing that I could do was focus on me. You know, I can't take somebody else's inventory. I can't point out what their flaws were. Like I literally had to look at me and that required like just peeling everything back and looking into the depths of my soul to really see what the root of the problem was. And so for the past, well, two years now, this journey has helped me discover that so much has started with my inner child all the way back to when I was a child. Um, because I didn't have that love. I didn't have that attention. So now my journey today is to go back, spend time with my inner child, hold his hand and tell him you are loved. I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm always going to be here for you. And I'm in the process of really developing that relationship again. So it was weird that it took a traumatic event to get to that point. But for me, uh, the universe will show me ways um, to work on myself by smacking me in the face. Like there are some uncomfortable truths that appear. And I really have to take a look at that. Like, you know, I welcome pain today. As uncomfortable as it is, I truly understand that if I really look and sit with this pain, that there's going to be growth on the other side of that. So I show up. I show up for my pain. I show up for my joys. I just show up. That's such a, a heavy statement. I welcome pain. I sit with it. I know growth is on the other side. When we look at our lives, right? When we look at what we have been through, where we are, it is we're building on top of a bunch of dirt. And what is that dirt? That dirt is our pain, right? 
you can't have growth without dirt. And that is really true. And that's similar to what kind of was my catalyst for growing. I'm going, you know, I made some big changes over the past year. I moved from this only state that I've ever known for 35 years away from all my friends and family to a place I knew nobody to give my kids a better culture to grow up in a healthier culture. And that was hard. That was hard. But I realized I had to change things about myself if I wanted things to be different because I'm not in Wisconsin anymore. So what's something that Wisconsin RJ would do? Sit in the basement or sit in the house and not do a lot. What is something I do now? Go out with the kids constantly. Even if I'm not with the kids, go for a walk. Do try to get out of the house in a different way. Um, try new things. Try new foods. Try new. Try enjoying the beach, not just being like, oh, sand. Right? So in realizing that like something has to change, because I've been doing so many things that are different, it takes an event that it shakes your shoulders to be like, hey, it's time. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Um, so since the event, you know, and the, the marriage was broken off and um, the wedding was broken off and you're working on yourself. How has the journey been? Has it been a lot of flowers? Has it been a lot of pain and growth and uncomfortable times and just constant change? Or have you been able to relax a little bit and find it on the other side? Because I think that a lot of this is a misnomer. I think a lot of this, there is some fear behind it, right? But what is, you know, that during that change, everything's different. So what is that like? Uh, it's definitely a roller coaster. It's not even close to sunshine and rainbows. Now you have moments of that, but those moments come after you have the aha moments and you, you grow through a particular um, part of your life. But it is, uh, it's very uncomfortable, you know, and the old me, and, and this is the old me in early sobriety, what I would have done was, I would go back to a level of pain that I found acceptable for me that I could deal with and just stay there instead of really looking deeper into that pain and growing through that. So it is, it's, it's very uncomfortable at times. It's very emotional. You have to allow yourself to be emotional. You have to allow yourself to, to cry. You know, uh, as men, we have this, this masculinity you know, and here's the, here's the challenge as men, we need to tap into that feminine energy too, because, you know, if we can get into that feminine energy, that's going to allow us to, that's going to allow us to be emotional. That's going to allow us to see things from a different perspective. That's going to allow us to, when those real painful, uncomfortable moments come, there's going to be a source of comfort for yourself um, because you know what you're capable of. I know what I'm capable of. And I know that whatever I'm going through right now, as ugly as it is, 
that I have been in much, much worse situations. And a lot of times when I'm looking at that pain, those are some of the worst situations. It was that trauma that I did survive that I have to revisit and to, you know, to work through. And, you know, in the rooms of recovery, you hear that um, we can't do this alone. We have to do it together. To an extent, yes. But true, deep-rooted work requires you to sit with yourself and just have complete transparency and complete honesty. So have there been more good times than bad times? Uh, If you would have asked me that a year and a half ago, I would be like, it's a miserable experience. It sucks. Um, But, you know, if you allow yourself to see the the growth that comes from that, it really is a beautiful um, experience. So the epiphanies are really cool. Like I love the aha moments because that means I'm learning a little bit more about myself Mm -hmm. every day. Uh, And it's such a liberating feeling. And it's not that I'm healed you know, but it's like, okay, I, I exist today. Like I, I can actually, I can work through this, you know, and it's beautiful when somebody else comes to you with a problem and they're in a spot to be able to bring a shared experience into that is, uh, those are the moments I love. I love being a beacon of light to somebody looking for hope in the world today, because that is my purpose. That light at the end of the tunnel, that's me holding that light. And if you want to get to where I'm at, I know a way. So come on, man. You know, come on. It is. um, You know what it does, though, especially coming from being an alcoholic, being sober. At first, it feels selfish. And there's moments that I still feel like, am I being selfish? Looking at some of the things. Am I being selfish? And then the, 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 what, so what the way that I describe it, right, is that you're neutral. Like your neutral is self loathing. Your neutral is those negative thoughts, those things that are pulling you back. So when that's your neutral for so long and you're trying to find a new neutral, so you don't have to drive just to get to, I'm okay with myself. Like you actually start at, I'm okay with myself. And then when you drive, you can actually start to like yourself. You can start to love yourself, right? So finding that new neutral, that's harder than I think maybe people understand when they start the journey. It should be like a week and I'll be okay with myself, right? It's no, like that you slip back into that old neutral because that's what you're used to. So those old thoughts of you're being selfish, like you need to get over it, you need to get through it, you need you need to take steps forward, which is something that we talk about in sobriety is just take that step forward. Just keep moving forward. Yes. But it's also sitting with your emotions, like you said, and allowing them to happen. In the past six months, I've cried more in my entire life, probably from 10 on than I have since that period. And I sat there watching TikToks last night and I was crying during like probably three or four of them. I used to watch movies, the the most tear-jerking movies. And the only one that I really cried during was 50-50. And that was it. And that is something that I was holding myself back from. 
I was setting that barrier up, right? I needed to remove the barrier that these tears are weakness, that it's not selfish, that it's a waste of energy. Like how refreshed you feel after releasing those emotions, because that's what you're doing. It's almost like you're feeling some old pain and somebody sees you. They actually see you like in that moment, you wanted somebody to just see you. And when people are talking about themselves and like that, you feel like they see you like it's just. It's so refreshing and it it's not just a snap of the fingers. It is hard work, right? And I think that that's what scared me for a long time was that the work, because I work every day. Sometimes I just want to live. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay to want to be there, but you can't stay there because, well, you can, it's up to you. But if you want to feel more, if you want to enjoy the cliches of life, right? That you think is just this philosophical crap that has been thrown at us. If you want to actually experience that and enjoy it, you have to do the work to enjoy yourself. And there's a little bit of selfish in there because the most meaningful change that we make has to start with us. And that's the thing about selfish. Just because it's selfish doesn't mean that it's not selfless. Those are not mutually exclusive. You can have one and also have the other. You just have to find that. So did everything I just said make sense uh, to you, Scotty, with how your journey has been? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. You know, and to be able to have that experience that you were talking about, there's there's one important factor to this in order for, for us to really grow through it. And um, that's our ego. Like you have to kill your ego. It shows up in so many forms. Like when you're hurting, your ego pops up. You know, when you're on cloud nine, your ego pops up. When you have this confidence, your ego wants to come into play. And it's a matter of finding that, that balance uh, because it's always going to be there. But it's a matter of being aware of, okay, is this me or is this my ego? What are my intentions with what I'm doing right now? Is this me or is this my ego? Um, You know, within the six and a half years of this journey that I've been on, I've probably had to kill my ego hundreds of times, you know, so I've died. I've died a lot of ego deaths. Um, and each time that that ego has died, there's been something revealed to me even more through the, the, the process. Um, because I can see areas of my life where my ego had complete control over all the decisions I was making. Um, you know, and a lot of that too. Is, so I'm reading this book called Untethered Soul. And it is, it's an amazing, amazing book. It really like, I don't know if anybody reads, I would highly recommend taking a look at that. But it talks about the roommates and uh, the roommates is the committee that's up here in our head telling us that we're not good enough or we shouldn't do that. Or this is what's going to happen when you do that. It's not, you know, how do we get those roommates to just be quiet so you can really sit with you and focus on what you need to do? 
Um, so if you can find balance with using the ego to benefit you for positive growth, as opposed to taking a step back, uh, there's a lot of beauty in that, you know, and I'm sitting here talking and I do have to make it known that I don't have this figured out. I don't want to come off. Um, so, so here's some insecurities showing themselves right now. Like there's a roommate in my head telling me that, well, you sound like you're better than everybody that's watching this. And that is not my intention at all. So for me to have the need to feel like I have to explain this, there's some insecurities that I still struggle with, with myself. Like, what are people going to think? You know, do they think I'm going to be a know-it-all? And that's something that I got to continue to work on. Uh, because even as a child, I was terrified of doing the wrong things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like in my childhood, all I did was make mistakes. And that's all I was focused on were the mistakes that I made. And so, you know, it's okay. It's just, it's, it's okay. I don't, I'm not going to be liked by everybody in a perfect world. Is that what we want? Yeah, that'd be great. But not everybody shares the same views that I share. And that's okay because this works for me. What I'm doing may not work for somebody else. Um, it's just a matter of finding. You take what you need and leave the rest. I will sit in a room with 500 people and they all have something different they bring to their recovery. I'm going to pick from all those 500 people and put it into a ball of how I think it would work for me um, because there's no particular way to do this. You know, the, the only thing you need to do one is not pick up, don't drink, don't use, you know, and the only thing that you have to do perfect is, is that, um, you know, if you can lay your head on your pillow at the end of the night and go, okay, how was my day? Well, there was a few, there was a few hiccups. There was a few speed bumps, but I didn't get drunk. I didn't get high. So that's a win. I'm winning. Um, yeah, I kind of went off track a little bit with what you were saying, but yes, you're absolutely right. Well, you went off track or did you find another path that we needed to walk up? Because that is exactly what I'm talking about, right? The Instead of always saying, I'm sorry, like, I don't know it all and doing that, like, all the time, which is constantly what I do, it's, you know what, I'm going to share my experience and I hope that somebody can just take it and maybe be like, you know what, I need to try just a little bit of that. I need to try that change because it'll, it'll help make me a better parent. It'll help make me enjoy your hobby more. It'll help make me, and I say this all the time, and it's because it is so true. Try a new food. Try something different that you think, ew, I can't try that. Ew, like, no, I know what's in that. I'm not going to try it. Like, it could be your new favorite food. It could be your new favorite hobby right around the corner, trying that painting class with somebody. It could be your new best friend taking that Zoom call. And, you know, what is that? What is it that we're doing, right? Removing that fog, that screen door that we kind of look at life through where you have these moments of clarity and it's like, no, it's not supposed to be this clear. Like something's wrong. Something's wrong with my brain. I'm not supposed to see life like this. And I felt it the other day where I had this moment where I was focused 
I could see things kind of five years down the line and I could see things happening right now. And I was like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. No, no. And I got a little nervous and then I'm like, wait a second. No, this is probably how a lot of people see the world. And I'm just limiting myself by thinking that I'm not supposed to be able to see it like this. And I, that is, it's important to kind of lay out that there are so many different ways to approach healing. There's so many different avenues you can go down. But that first choice, right? How do you how do you find that out? You don't know what you don't know. So how do you realize I need to take a step back, take stock of myself and start healing? There for me it's a moment of discomfort. It's pretty much like a intuition or, you know, some people would call it a spirit of some sort. But if I feel really uncomfortable in a certain situation, like to me, that's a that's a sign for me to take a step back and go, OK, what is it about this that's making me uncomfortable? Um, it's just like when, you know, if somebody says something that you don't agree with and it kind of strikes a nerve, you know, that's a moment to go, okay, what is it about this situation that is bothering me so much? And I didn't used to do that. You know, if, if something was not sitting well with me, I would just write it off. I would find some sort of a distraction to not have to deal with that. And uh, I would just go on about my day. But the, the thing is, is that those compounds over time, you know, and if you're really not dealing with, with a particular emotion, that creeps up, it's going to be really hard to, uh, to grow through future situations that get presented to you. So for me, it's all about just discomfort. If I feel uncomfortable about something, I'm going to take a look at it. And I'm, I may be a little over analytical today and it's not that I'm being super hard on myself. It's just, I'm so eager to learn more about me that I realize that this journey is going to be for the rest of my life. Um, but right now I'm, I'm hungry. So Anytime I feel uncomfortable, I'm going to take a look at that, you know, and I'll do it quietly. I could be in a room full of people and it'll make me feel a certain way, but I'm sitting there and this is where the roommates come into play because I'm actually able to have a balanced conversation with them about, okay, what is it about this? that's making me uncomfortable. And if I can get all of them on the same page and I don't know how many roommates I have, you know, the committee in our head could be, could be numerous, but um, I will use that to my advantage to really take a look at that. And a lot of times, a lot of my discoveries will come out when I'm talking, you know, just like the whole insecurity thing earlier that I was mentioning. The more I talk, the more I realize that, okay, there's some insecurities here. I have no problem being transparent. I spent so much time hiding, not only from me, but just from everything. You know, I had unhealthy isolation. You know, today I have a healthy isolation because there's peace and it's quiet and it allows me to really sit with me. You know, and to sit with you, that's the real challenge because it's not pretty. It's not pretty. So anytime I get the weird butterflies in my stomach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take a look at that. That's something that this podcast also helped me with, right? Um, having Amanda White on, who is brilliant when it comes to emotions and breaking it down, and her book, Not Drinking Tonight, reading through that, and just like understanding emotions just aren't just your thoughts or your reactions but like your body tells you if you're feeling something so what you said there like 
it's something that I would have written off too. It's something that I probably would have been like, mm, this feels weird. I wonder why I'm not feeling good. And like you said, distraction or just that unhealthy isolation. One thing that I realized over the past couple of weeks, I've been waiting for a long time in my life. I've just been waiting for that feeling that never came. That relaxation. That time we are not tight. You know? And I've caught moments. But these past six months, I've realized that I can't wait. Waiting is part of the problem. There is nothing on the other side. If I don't walk, crawl, climb over, work through the mud to get to it. I can wait for these things. Just getting to a moment, it's not it's not going to change things. It's not what I'm looking for. It's that fairy tale that I think I told myself that maybe other people tell themselves, if I just get there, everything will be good and I'll be able to relax. It was with my career. If I just get to my career, if I just make journeyman status, if I just run my own crew, you know, if I just become a parent, if I just own a house, if I just move to a different state, it's not the fix. The fix is here. And I've talked about that hole in my soul. It's getting filled in. That doesn't mean it's filled in. And that doesn't mean that I'll ever be completely filled. But I'm not shoving my kids inside that hole thinking that they're going to fill something they're not. I'm going to be the barrier that keeps them from the hole so they can have the light instead of the hole. And that's my goal as a parent. That's taken me from like an alcoholic, from a workaholic, from a anything-aholic and just being present with them. I still, I'm not 100% present all the time, right? There's times I have to do things. I have to clean. I have to go get food. I have to cook for them, right? And they want to play, and I can't just drop everything and play all the time. But it does mean that when I'm available to give them a moment, I'm not just focusing on me. I'm giving them a moment and being present with them. That's something I don't, I wouldn't have done a couple years ago. That's something I didn't even know I had to do. I didn't know I was hiding my emotions. I thought I worked past my anger. No, I was just put, pushing it down and it was coming out at work. And it was okay to come out at work because doing something physical for a living means that you can, you can actually like throw stuff around and hit stuff and like bang it. And when you're working with like heavy equipment, backhoes and stuff, like that's fun to take, use your anger for, right? But when that wasn't around, where was my anger? Boiling, simmering, waiting to pop. How do I work past that? It's not that I shove it down. It's not that I don't have the anger. It's that I allow myself to be angry, but 
but I don't allow my anger to control me. And that is like, that's the growth that I didn't have. That's the growth I didn't know I needed. That's the growth that I've been looking into. And I just went on a vacation to Italy. And it took me three days to fully let go and be present. I wasn't thinking about the past. I wasn't thinking about the future. I just was. And it was at a breakfast. And I realized what my happy place was. It was a good cup of coffee and a nice croissant and just sitting there. And not not necessarily talking, just sitting there and enjoying what was in front of me. That's not something I could have done very long ago. And that's something you've helped me with too. Because you are able to explain things in such a way that people can grasp onto. That has helped me. Um, really continue my journey and just helping other people along the way. Like that is what makes you special as a person is you're not just plowing straight ahead and saying, Hey, follow me. I got a path. Like you're reaching back with your hand and you're saying, Hey, I've been here, man. I'm here too. And that's not something that everybody would do. So I'm really glad you're in the place you are. Thanks, man. You know, I know it's not something everybody would do, but I truly believe we were all put on this earth to do that. You know, to to be of service, not only to ourselves, but to other people. Um, Because that sense of community, like we're missing that in society today. There's pockets, you know, but these pockets are also groups of people who feel like their way is the only way. Yes. When really there's so many more ways to do this. And if everybody would just get on the same page, like, okay, this works for them. Let me try a little bit of that. This, this works for them. I'll try a little bit of that. Um, And you can take those experiences to help somebody else. Uh, You know, that piece that you were talking about too, that's, that's the ultimate goal right there just to be present, to be where your feet are and to experience, even if it's just a brief amount of time, like we're capable of finding that, but we're, we're going to miss it a lot if we really don't take a look inside. Cause you talked about all these external things that would um, help my situation. You know, I'm, I am financially struggling like crazy right now, but I also know that there's not enough money in the world that is going to bring me the peace that I would have if I just take a look inside myself and just sit with me and and truly love me. Um, Because today I'm able to love myself on a level that's, that's deeper than anything I've ever experienced. And that word love, it goes way beyond just saying it. Like if you really dissect love, It's not pretty, um, but it is beautiful. It can be very ugly, but you have to have all of it. You just can't take pieces of it and incorporate that into your life. Like, you know, we, we have to love ourselves through, through those dark times, even if we made a bad decision and we're suffering the consequences for it. Um, we still have to love ourselves for that. I don't want to know. You don't have to do anything. Let me rephrase that. I'm never going to tell you anything that you have to do or that you should do. This is just what works for me. Um, but I have to take it easy on myself because I've been so hard on me for so long. 
Um, but that's my biggest goal right now. I've had pockets of that peace that you experienced and it is beautiful. It is, it's amazing. Um, but it's just being patient with me. I'm not going to do this perfect. It's not going to be mm. pretty mm. at all, but at the same time, it's just, it's part of the journey. And I would, I love this journey that I'm on. You know, those thorns that are in my side from something that annoys me, I'll sit with those thorns. I appreciate the thorn that I have in my side. Or if this dude's a pain in my ass, I appreciate that pain in my ass because it's going to make me take a look at something inside of myself that I need to work out. Uh, So I always want to live in a solution. We all have problems, but do we all have solutions or do we all just sit with the problem? And I would rather sit with the solution because there literally is a solution to, to everything. If you really, really, you know, put the work in to find it. I just want to sit with that for a second because when we think patience, where do we think about it? To other people. We don't think about it with ourselves. That's not, the grace we give ourselves. That's not the allowance. We think patience is for other people only. I think that that's the same with love a lot of times. When we think about that, we think about other people. And one thing that I'm learning is If you can't give it to yourself, you're only giving what you give away is a tenth, maybe less. It's not whole. Sometimes it feels real. Sometimes you think this is real, but it's not authentic, right? It's a mirage that we're giving to other people. So, Yes, you don't have to do anything as a person, but you deserve it. You deserve to love yourself. You deserve to be patient with yourself. You deserve to find the work necessary. And I think that you hit it earlier when you talked about us as men and how we have to put this facade on put up this stone wall that we've polished our entire lives and it looks stoic sometimes it looks like rbf for those who don't know what that is that's resting bitch face sometimes it looks like uh a smile and you everybody comes to you because you have a joke in every situation you know but to have those people And to be honest with ourselves that we're struggling, that this is hard, that life is not easy. And it's like you said, like all the money in the world, that's not going to solve the internal struggle. It's going to remove some external stresses. Yes, absolutely. But are you still going to feel hollow? Probably. Are you going to believe when other people say they love you, when other people, this is the worst, and I felt this myself. I'm talking as a parent to other parents. When your kids say they love you, 
when your kids say they want to cuddle with you, when your kids want to do nothing but be with you, are you going to believe it? Um, a piece of me didn't. A piece of me held it against them. How, how could they want to be loved by somebody like me? How could they want to be with somebody with like me time-wise? Why are they... Why would they cry because I'm not there? They should be happy. They don't have that. And that was what it took for me to realize I hate myself. I don't just hate myself. I go past self-hatred. You know, it's that self-loathing. It's that not even death is good enough for you. You deserve worse. And that was my neutral and sometimes do I still have that feeling? Yes. Yep. But not as often anymore. Because I made that choice. Because I realized I deserve more. And that's something that you helped me see too. Because I was making steps, but I feel like I've made strides with your help. Um What is it that you do when you feel yourself a rut coming, when you feel yourself stuck? What are, do you go to a hobby? Do you go to music? Do you go to pleasures and likes? Um, you feel that old mindset coming on. And sometimes it can be days that it's there. I mean, sometimes longer. Um what are some of the tools that you use to help yourself pass that? Music is my ultimate escape. I absolutely love music. Um, especially like if it's powerfully, you know, worded in lyrics, like there's so much that you can, because, you know, music is open for your own interpretation. So, you know, if it, it's mm-hmm. going to apply to in different ways, but when I get in those ruts, there's one thing that is a must for me. That's probably one of the hardest things to do, not just for me, but probably for anybody. And this, before we can even love, we have to forgive. And it's a matter of forgiving myself and knowing that it's, it's that grace that you were talking about, you know, giving yourself that grace. Um, Sometimes if I get in those ruts, I'll be there for a minute Um, and I'll forget like I have these tools to deal with this because sometimes I just like to sit in my poopy diaper, so to speak. You know, we, we have those moments to where that just feels comfortable for us. Um, But I know I can't stay there. So, you know, I'll throw on some music. Um, I'll go to the gym you know, the, the gym has been key for me, although I haven't been there in a few weeks to this point, but there's just a lot of elements of self-care, you know, I'll start thinking of comedy materials. So I haven't done stand-up comedy in a couple of years, but it's still fresh in the back of my mind. And my biggest struggle with that is like, do I deserve to be up on that stage? Because when I was up on that stage, was it a form of deta- uh, detachment? And was that my ego or was that, was that me? And, uh, 
it was just, I realized that it was a mask that I was wearing, even though all my comedy was based off of my life experiences. I wasn't truly dealing with those life experiences. Um, so forgiveness is, is huge for me. I, I, Look, I said you don't have to do anything, but for me, I have to forgive myself. I have to, because if I don't forgive myself, then I'm not going to be able to love anybody properly the way that they deserve to be loved, the way I deserve to be loved. Um, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with having a friend, too. If they're able to hold space for you emotionally, reach out to them. They don't have to solve your problem for you. They can listen, and sometimes when you're just talking to your buddy, there's a discovery that is made through just that conversation. You know, you could be in the worst state of mind at the beginning of that conversation. At the end of the conversation, you are smiling. It may not be, you know, a fully authentic smile, but there's something about that to where, you know, you're capable of, you know, getting through whatever the situation is, you know, think about when I was, and maybe even you, like when we were in ruts in the past, we would just go get a bottle. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was the ultimate escape. But here's the problem with the Band-Aids is that Band-Aids don't stick forever. Band-Aids come off, you know, and then you're just putting a Band-Aid over a Band-Aid over a Band-Aid. And for me, like, the alcohol was my hero, but it was also my worst enemy because it didn't care if it broke my family up. It didn't care if I started having liver issues, it didn't care if I started, you know, getting sick and having these shakes, like I didn't even care if I died. As long as I was with that bottle until the day I died, then their job was done, you know? Um, but man, we really have to be kind to ourselves when, when those dark days come and they are going to come and you're not going to snap out of it immediately. You're not, you're just not. Um, you may recognize the problem and you may work through it, but the feeling attached to it is still there. It's like an emotional hangover. And uh, I just have to forgive myself. Man, I get on these rants, dude. I'm really sorry. I start like, I got the word vomit going on. And I'm trying to, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're apologizing for. I mean, this is the whole reason you're here. So I love it. Like, keep doing that for sure. It's great. Like the way you describe things, the way that you talk about the vulnerability that you talk about yourself with, like that's what men need to hear. That's what boys need to hear. It's what women need to hear. We're, we do care. We've just been taught to not show that we care. And, yeah, you know, and, go ahead. I was just going to say is like, you know, not only can we be a good example to, to men and children out there, but we can be an example to women too. There's a lot of women who carry a lot of masculine energy around with them, you know, and mm -hmm. let's say I carry a high level of feminine energy because I'm in tune and I, I'm not afraid to feel today. If you can show a woman like how vulnerable you are, that's going to allow them to put down some walls because let's, let's be honest, man, women have gotten, a raw deal, you know, and it's, yeah. it's really, it's, it's a whole, I commend, I can, I'm not trying to get in the good graces of women because one, I'm a dude and I'm always going to say something stupid, <laughs> you know, it's just what we do. But at the same time, like 
if we can show a woman that a man can can be emotionally available that's going to be huge for them because they're going to realize that not all men are the same while there are men out there who are emotionally available and not only do I want to be emotionally available to a woman but I want to be emotionally available to you you know to to any of my good friends any any especially like man I have some hard-headed friends man they're just like oh you know, it just makes you weak I'm right here blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but if you're able to show them like you know the vulnerability isn't as difficult as it seems to be it's scary at first but oh, yeah. once you run through that fear um it just becomes part of you so uh yeah yeah and there's moments when you're vulnerable and you feel like, oh, I just hijacked the conversation. Oh, I'm like being making them uh, feel a certain way. But really, all you're doing is like saying your feelings and how they respond is how they respond. That's how it is. Like is. I've made some really good friends in a really short amount of time because I've been honest, open and vulnerable with them about what what is going on in my life and myself as a person like how i'm feeling and i don't just it's not just problems like i like you said providing solutions this is kind of like what i'm thinking this is what i would do take it or leave it right take take a piece of it and use it you don't have to do the whole thing but thank you for listening kind of a thing so god you know what you just said is it's important for people to hear that. And, you know, you've been a, a part of mine and big Kev's men's group, um, which is coming up, uh, this month. It's going to be out every month. So go check out social medias, laugh for a purpose or untapped keg. Um, it's laugh, the number four, a purpose, all one word, any social media, you'll be able to find this men's group. If you want to join, it's a zoom call, don't have to be on camera, don't have to talk, but the amount of times people just, they get on there and just talk and they realize they can say it's on their mind and they're not judged. It's like a burden lifting off of their shoulders and you know, mine too. I have been sitting up straighter since I've been more vulnerable. I have been, I would say, more chipper, right? I haven't felt as tired. And that happens for, you know, when it comes with this change. It's not always going to be super hard work that you have to be top of mind about. Sometimes you'll be able to just do it. When you figure out what a feeling is and how it makes your body feel, next time you feel it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's this. Hmm. I wonder, you know, why that emotion is here. Oh, it's that that happened a couple hours ago and it was a little delayed because my emotions are a little delayed. That's okay. (laughs) But it's allowing yourself. You know, it's like sometimes I feel like when I talk about my ADHD, people see it and they think that I'm like making an excuse. Like I'm giving an excuse like my ADHD is the reason. But really, the more I learn about it, the more that I'm on my medication, the more that I talk to my therapist, talk to my psychiatrist, it helps me understand myself. It helps me 
be like, oh, I have post-it notes on post-it notes on timer and timer all over the place, and I still forget to look at the post-it note. And I still forget, after I turn the timer off, to do what the timer said. Oh, oh, brain. Oh, brain. Like, yes, it does make things harder sometimes. But sometimes it's like, it, it just, it's okay. It helps me explain myself to myself. Instead of getting mad at myself, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I forgot that. That's okay. Let's move forward. Let's do something again. And it explains sometimes the bad decisions I make when it comes to timing. <laughs> the other day I had to go to a house showing to find a house. And I'm like, you know what? I have 20 minutes. I can cook a chicken pasta in the Instant Pot and still have time before I have to leave. And then it's five minutes after I have to leave and I'm like, nobody's here. What do I do with this Instant Pot? I can't just leave it on because it's going to burn everything. I guess I'm going to have to be late. What a bad decision. And then I'm stuck in traffic and I miss the showing. And it's like, that's going to happen again. But I made the most of it. I drove around neighborhoods and figured out if I wanted to look at some other houses and apartments or not. So it's not finding an excuse for yourself. And it's not necessarily a reason, but it helps to explain yourself. Everything that we're talking about. It helps you find that grace, that patience, that forgiveness. And I think that's important that people look at. Um, when you're giving back, Scotty, and you're being of service, how do you differentiate between the authentic and like you said when you were on stage that mask that you would put on and do you think you'd be able to perform without the mask do you think that's something that you're working towards uh to go backwards forward yeah today i do feel like that i could um show up true authentic self um, because I would ask what my motives are. Motives are key. You always have to check your motives. Mm -hmm. You know, and if the answer is, well, this is definitely my ego at play here. So I need to dial it back a little bit and, you know, figure something else out. But last weekend, I emceed a recovery rally um, just north of where I live. And it was it was awesome. There's hundreds of people there. Um, you know, and, and the people that were there were the people that were supposed to be there. But I can remember being up on stage and I just got this overwhelming sense of uh, gratitude. And I mean, I just started cheesing, you know, and I started the tears started to come down my face. And it was tears of joy because I get to do this today. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I knew that was my true authentic self. You know, it wasn't like crocodile tears or anything like that. It's just when you feel that moment, you feel all of that moment. Yes. And if I'm, if I'm experiencing a moment to where I'm trying to force a feel, if I'm trying to force a feel, that is me feeding my ego. Um, so really, it's just a matter of being true to yourself, which you know, to thine own self be true. There's so many layers to that. And that goes way deeper than just, uh, 
you know, just the saying itself. But when you're truly true to yourself, uh, there's nothing but authenticity there. And for me, I would call myself out. Like today, if, if I felt like my ego was trying to make an appearance, I would tell you, I would tell everybody that's listening to this right now, hey, you know, we have a we have a guest. <laughs> There's another guest on the show, and it's my ego. <laughs> uh, but for me, like, no expectations. You know, you just speak from the heart. Don't put any expectations on anything. And here's the biggest key is, like, I'm not a victim. So as long as I'm not performing or talking to somebody with this victim mentality, now, the situations at those moments, sure, yeah, I was a victim for that, but I can't carry that with me for the rest of my life. I have to, look, we didn't ask for trauma, but we are required to deal with it um, and work through that. So I just find a lot of authenticity just through checking my motives. And uh, now, granted, if my ego shows up, I'm not just going to shut it down. I'm not going to shut. I can't do the show today because my ego showed up. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like that at all. But if we know our egos at play, I feel like we're going to dial that back and be like, okay, let's recenter, let's refocus. And um, I had no idea what we were going to talk about today. And my biggest fear was that my ego was going to come in and I was going to go on these long winded rants that just made no sense and drifted off of the topic of what you even asked me. And then I realized, well, that's probably a little bit of my ADD, you know, kicking in too. So <laughs> um, it's a tough one, especially in early sobriety, because you don't know what's your ego and what your authentic self is. Cause we feel this need to be accepted. You know, we just want to fit in. We want to be loved by everybody. Yeah. And if I, um, that if, if whatever I'm doing, it's not, not everybody's going to love it. Not everybody's going to agree with me and that's okay. It's just, uh, this is who I am. If you love me, cool. If you don't love me even better, because honestly, that's going to help you because if you don't love me because of something I said, then what is it inside of you that is sparking that discomfort? Um, yeah, man, I think I answered your question. I think, um, part of it too, in early sobriety is you just want to hide that embarrassment, right? So that's why you want to be accepted because you're still embarrassed about being dependent on what your vice was. That's it's hard. It's hard to work through. It's hard to get through. It's hard to allow yourself to be. Um, you know, I'm really happy that like you're able to show up authentically and then identify when it's another piece of you that isn't. When it feels true, but you know that it's not quite true. I know like how much like Kev looks to you as well. Like being able to see that growth and know that it's possible. It's something to strive towards in my own way. And I think, you know, I think Kev sees that too and feels it. Um, so as we're winding down, 
what is one message you would like to leave people with on this episode? And it's going to sound so cliche. Um, It's really just a matter of finding your worth, not just finding your worth, but knowing your worth, you know, and and once you've come to terms that you do deserve this, you are worth it. It doesn't even have to be anything sobriety related, you know, it's whatever you're doing in life. You do deserve that. And it's not a a matter of being entitled. Um, We think that we don't deserve something because society standard says this, but society doesn't pay my bills. Society doesn't, um, you know, they're not sitting in my living room with me every night. Um, I don't need to be validated on who I am through the number of likes that I get um, on the podcast that I do with my sister or the number of followers that I have, even though that's nice, you know, and I'm trying to get somewhere with the podcast, those are all important things, but Mm -hmm. If I can show up and just love myself today, then I can make it through literally anything that is put in front of me in life. And even if that's my own situations that are self-created, well, self-fix it, you know. We just don't give ourselves enough credit. I don't have anything philosophical to put down to, to answer your question. But if one thing, if I wanted to leave today, I'd leave one thing with somebody be that seed for somebody else and be that water to water that seed, you know, deal hope to the hopeless because there's a lot of hopeless people out here. I was once one of them and I had one person, one person believed in me and that's all I needed was just that one person. But if you don't have that one person in your life today, you really do. All you have to do is look in the mirror. And you have to believe in that one person. You believe in yourself, the sky's the limit. The sky is the limit. So I'm sure everybody's heard this before, but you are worth it. You do deserve this. And uh, look, if you don't hear it enough and nobody's told you today, then allow me to be the first to tell you that I love you. It doesn't matter if I know you or not. If I pass you on the street, I'm going to show you the same amount of love that I'm showing you on the show right now. I don't know a stranger. I can look into their eyes and into the depths of their soul and see something in there that they can't see in themselves because they've been blinded by so much crap that they've had to deal with in their life. They've had people not believe in them. Well, I'm not one person for you. So just know you are loved. It's beautiful. Scotty, if people want to keep up with you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Scotty Mays six, which I'm going to end up changing that. So, but I'm not really um, also on Facebook under Scotty Mays or uh, the Facebook group real related for life. That's R E A L A T E D for life. Um, that's a podcast. My sister and I have uh, started, we started that about seven months ago and, it's just relatable topics. It's everything that, you know, it's just life, life on life's terms. Um, and uh, you can, is my email going to be attached to this or? I wasn't going to, 
Okay. Uh, do you want it to be? Uh, yeah, go for it. Okay. Put a snippets 54 at Gmail. Um, and if you just need somebody to listen, reach out because I will, uh, I'll be that ear for you. That's awesome. Scotty, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for coming on. Like, this is what I wanted. Like, I hope that people can hear the hope, right? They can hear what's on the other side. They can hear going out for a walk and listening to those birds chirp. It's different when you're present. It hits different when you're working on yourself and not just thinking, oh, that's a bunch of crap. Like, that's not how it is. Like, when you can approach things with a sense of wonder, that sobriety, hope, working on yourself can bring. Sitting in a small little cafe with a cappuccino and a good croissant in front of you, it can feel like a like a slice of the good life. Like exactly what you needed your entire life and you didn't even know it. It can be a, a little moment of happiness, just a little cappuccino and a croissant. That's the hope that is there. So this has been Untap Keg, podcast where we explored the different perspectives around sobriety. We bring in different parts of mental health as well, because turns out there are two parallel paths. We give you life experiences from a guest. We give you advice from medical professionals and even you know what? Sometimes personal lived experience. Follow us on all social media platforms at UntapKeg. Hit up our website, untapkeg.com. Look for some links to the merch. Look for a new episode weekly, every Sunday. And hit that subscribe button. Check us out. I promise you will find some hope. You will find some peace. And look up Scotty, because let me tell you, he is going to be an inspiration for you and not in that way that that it's a perfect person you're putting on a pedestal, but that it's a real person who you can relate to. Look him up. Hit him up. I know he'll be there for you. And let's try to do better tomorrow than we were today. So at least if we don't make it, we tried. I love you. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.